Uh, the title of this new series is What a Character You Are. Tonight I'm going to talk about the battle. In verse 16 in Galatians chapter 5, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things which you wish. It sounds very similar to a a portion of scripture that he wrote to the Romans about that the things that I desire to do, I, I end up not doing. And those things that I know I shouldn't do sometimes I permit into my life. But he goes on in that particular portion of scripture and scripture in Romans chapter eight. But he says, God is not condemning me in this battle. God is not my enemy in this struggle. God is for me. And he goes on and he reiterates that at the end of Romans chapter eight. If God is for me, who can be against me? Even though I'm in this battle, there seems to be a tug of war. There seems to be at times, you know, the flesh is is more prevalent in my life than I want it to be. And yet I sense the prompting of the spirit, but at times I don't follow the promptings of the spirit. But he says, God is not judging me in this. God is not condemning me. God is pulling me over to an understanding that if I continue to pursue a walk of the spirit, then the flesh is soon going to lose its grip. You know, we don't overcome our flesh with our own might or power we overcome the weakness of the flesh through the power of the spirit and the spirit has been given unto us to help us with the weakness the infirmities of the flesh and the battle that goes on between the spirit and the flesh so he goes on and he tells us uh in verse eight in in uh, verse 18 Uh, But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh or the things the flesh likes to do are evident or they're clearly to be seen, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and everything that's just like this, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you also in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So the word practice there is really a significant word. At times we give place to the flesh, but it's not our desire to practice the works of the flesh. All of us are a work in progress. All of us are on the potter's wheel. And the potter has his hands on us. And another portion of scripture says that God is working out the spots, the wrinkles and the blemishes in all of our lives. Okay, so when we are trying to rightly divide and discern what the word of God is teaching us here, it's saying, "Okay, you guys are in a battle. You're in a struggle. All of us are in it together. And God's desire is that we walk in the spirit. Of course, there's the pull of the flesh towards selfishness. And then you can see all the acts and all the works of the flesh that are displayed there. Anything that resembles this, anything that looks like this, walks like this, or talks like this, is a work of the flesh. And so the list could could, could continue to go on. And then he's going to transition and he's going to tell us the way that the Spirit is going to be operative or working in our life. And when the Spirit is working in our life, there's going to be evidence of his work and it's known as fruit and so if we want to liken our christian life to something when god's spirit is at work within us we are likened to a tree 
And we want to be those trees that bear fruit that glorify God, okay? So when we're hooked up and all aligned and and acting according to the natural impulses of the flesh, of course, that's not going to be very attractive. It's not a great witness. It's it's not something that we're uh, pleased by many times. Many times it it creates regrets and remorse and and a sense of, of guilt or shame, not from God, but just from the fact that, you know, many times, you know, we're disappointed that we acted a certain way or said certain things a certain way. But all the while, let me remind you that God is your number one cheerleader. He's still for you. He's not against you. Christ died for us while we were sinners. He's going to still working with us while we're saints. And, and therein is the gospel. There's the gospel. Now, so the word practice is really a significant word. I don't think anyone in here or anyone who's listening to this message in future days intentionally wakes up with a desire to just go flesh out and just act like a carnal Christian. I I think every one of us has this deep-seated desire to please the Lord and to honor him. But you're not going to do it, and I'm not going to do it by trying to keep the law. We're not going to do it by trying to be good in our own might and power because we can't. We need the Spirit's help. We're not going to be able to be changed until we come into contact with a living Savior. That's when we begin to experience life. So he goes on and he says in verse 22, The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. I mean, there, there, there's nothing that is going to restrict or prohibit this from just continuing to flourish and 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 uh, and uh, and uh, bear more fruit in our lives. Verse 24. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. That that would not be beneficial uh, for any of us. So when you're you can look on your notes. I, I've, I've just simply reminded us that there is a battle, the spirit against the flesh, the eternal against the temporal, and whichever one we feed will reveal our character and shape our reputation. The good news is, is that if we've been sowing to the flesh and reaping corruption and not been sowing to the spirit and, and experiencing everlasting life, I mean, we can switch what path we're on tonight. I mean, we can make a decision that, I am going to begin to do things intentionally to take care of myself, spirit first, soul next, and body last. I'm going to align myself with the will of God. And when we do that, you know, you could have been, you know, out in left field without a ball glove spiritually for the last six months. But in one moment of time, if you'll draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Now, you'll have to learn how to walk with God and to walk in the Spirit and not give place to the flesh. But I believe that's in the heart of every Christian. And so when I say that maybe you're concerned about your reputation, maybe your reputation hasn't been sterling, hasn't been something that you're pleased with, well, that can change also. Aren't you thankful for that? I mean, it it can go. Just You can be just like the Apostle Paul. I mean, you can start off like a Saul and end up like a Paul. You can you can start off like impulsive Peter and end up writing two of the most tender letters to the church like Peter did and be one of the most 
respected leaders of the early church. I mean, it's sometimes you think, well, I stumbled out of the gate. Well, welcome to the game. Not all of us come out of the gate flying. Not all of us hit the, hit the road running. What's most important is you stay on the path. Because if you stay on that path, you're going to keep running into more of the goodness of God and more of the mercy of God. And you're going to experience so much of it that you're going to have a different want to. You're going to have a different want to. And that's what the Spirit does. You're going to want to please the Lord. You're going to want to honor Him. So I've, I've, I, I've uh, also reminded you in your notes that this study is about character, specifically Christ-like character. Therefore, let's begin with a working definition of, a working definition of character. Christ-like character is who we are because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not in and of ourselves. So Christ-like character is who we are because of our relationship, because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. So John 15, we're not going to go there. I encourage you to read the whole chapter. What a fabulous portion of Scripture. But here's the summary of it. It begins with him. He's the vine, we're the branches. It begins with him. It grows with him. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things. It is shown by him. He comes and he shows us the way. He is the way. And it remains through him that you bear much fruit and your fruit would remain. That's what John 15 is all about, is that in and of ourselves, we are characters, but not like, not like Christ. <laughs> we have a reputation, but probably not like Christ. And But with him... All things become new. And that's the good news of the gospel. So Christ-likeness is the result of two truths. Because I, I, I don't believe it can be done just with a good constitution and, uh, you know, a lot of vim and vinegar. I, I think that, that, that might help you throw the shot put. But I don't know if that's going to put you over and cause you to have victory over the flesh. I mean, a good, strong will. I mean, that may, that may help you to get to the gym. And that might help you to, you know, forge through some of your educational uh, desires. But that's not going to get you victory over the forces of darkness. You know, we're no match for the forces of darkness except we be yielded to the spirit. Because only when we're submitted to God can we resist the devil. That's the only way that that we can resist him. And so in and of ourselves, no, we are not capable of experiencing victory. But through Christ we can, and in Christ we can. And that's what John 15 was teaching us. You know, abide in him. That means live and dwell. Have your being in Christ. Make him the center of your life. So here are the two truths that Christ-likeness is the result of. The love of God and the fear of God. The love of God and the fear of God. And we'll get back to that here in a minute. Let's continue down in our notes. Character is developed when we choose to do what is right, true, and good as defined by God. Regardless of personal cost, loss, or suffering. We would, we would say one way we're forged in the fire. And, and that's really a reality. Is that when we face opposition, that's when you grow stronger. When you face resistance, that's when you grow stronger. And 
So Christ-likeness is the result of two truths. Let's go back to that. The love of God and the fear of God. What would cause us to choose what's right and true and good as defined by God? Those two truths. Because when we love God, we're going to choose what is pleasing to God. And when we fear God, we're going to choose what's pleasing to God. If either one of those is lacking in our life, it undermines our Christ-like character, and it hurts our reputation, and it hurts the witness of God. But once again, if you stumble and fall, and we all have, the righteous may stumble and fall seven times, but they continue to get up. It matters that we get up. So what happens, first of all, if we, if we make a mistake, if we miss the mark, if we sin? Well, if we come to Christ and confess that, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. What if we sin against our brother? Then go to your brother or your sister alone. And if they receive you, you've gained your brother and sister back. You know, if they're sort of not willing to receive you, take someone else and keep working at it. And and if at the end of all, you've exhausted every means possible and they just choose not to be reconciled with you, then you just keep walking with Christ and pray for them. You know, we can build on our side of the bridge relationally, and that's where we can build. We can't build on other people's side of the bridge. We can invite them to meet us in the middle. We can encourage them to walk with us, and we can do all that we know to do. But I can't put the planks down on their side of the bridge, and I can't hammer the nails in. But I can say, I'll meet you in the middle. I'll meet you in the middle. And you know, character... It's been defined a lot of different ways. I love this. I love this simplicity of this definition. And, and to just to give you an idea, I, it was the biggest. I spent more time working on a working definition than I did any other aspect because I knew once that was revealed and I had something that I was comfortable with in presenting to you guys, then the rest of the outline would just fall around this. Because this really is what matters, is our relationship with Jesus Christ is what matters. Not keeping of the law. We're lawbreakers. We didn't, we can't, you know that. You can't keep the law. But what can you keep? You can keep your faith in Christ. Even when you fail, you can keep your faith in Christ, that Christ is faithful to forgive you. Christ is faithful to help you. Christ is able to support you. The law just says we're guilty, and I have to agree. But Christ says you're forgiven. I choose to walk with Christ and not to be a legalist, because the law will condemn me, and I will be found guilty. But Christ will forgive me, and I will be found righteous. I choose life over the law. The letter kills. It's the spirit that gives life. Okay? So that's where all change comes from. That's where Christ-likeness comes from. The real you, the real you. I love this. And this is foundational. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you would join me in that portion of Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. And I'll give you guys a moment if you have your Bible to find that. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. If you don't have circled all 
in this, like old things have passed away, like all of the old things, and all the new things have become new. There's another all in verse 18. Now all things are of God, what? All the new things. All the new things. We're in a new year. Isn't it important to focus on new things? You can stop doing something and that's good, but if you don't have something new in your life, you'll soon go back to the old. I want to say that again. You can stop doing something. I can stop doing something. But if you don't start something new and if you don't put something new in your life, you'll just go back to the old. You've got to put something new in there. And the new that you're putting in is the truth that you're a new creature in Christ. And what's this new creature look like? We just read about it in Galatians chapter 5. This new creature in Christ has all nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. And they're in you in seed form. And you know as well as I do, right? You water that seed, germinate that seed, guard that seed. That seed is going to bear fruit. And that fruit's going to increase as you walk closer with Christ. And that's going to influence people for good. And that is going to transform and change us. And people may say, you know, hey, I know so-and-so. They used to be, and aren't you glad the used to be is there? Old things have passed away, and now they're this? I like the now they're this. That's what Jesus does. Now they're this. So we go on, and let's continue to read here. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He trusts us. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing or counting up their trespasses against them or towards them, and has committed to us a word of reconciliation. So now we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We can say that to people because what we've experienced, the grace of God, and so can they. Have you ever heard someone say, if God saved me, he can save anyone? It's true. That's the truth. Amen. For he made him Jesus. This is such a wonderful truth. He, God the Father, made him Jesus, who knew no sin. What? To be sin for us. Why? That we might become the righteousness of God in him. So I've just put in your notes here, and you can add to it. A new creation is in Christ. A righteous, true new creation is who you are. And this will impact how much we accomplish in this life. It really will. When you know that and you live out of that truth, then you're on the road to becoming more Christ-like because you depend on Christ. You trust in Christ. So how much we accomplish in this life of faith is determined on us understanding who we are and what has happened to us because of Christ. And it determines how we impact and it will determine how how uh, we impact every relationship that we have. Do you know that you're an influencer for God? You're an ambassador. What a, what a noble title that he gave us to represent heaven, right, to people here on the earth. That's what we are. We're citizens of heaven. We're ambassadors from God, and we're sent with a message of reconciliation, That God loves them and wants to be reconciled to them. And that can happen to them through Jesus Christ, just as it happened to me. It's not through keeping the law, but it's through the work of faith that we come to Christ. And therefore, he gets all the glory. Let's read the last couple paragraphs. You guys with me? 
All right, Christ-like character is more far-reaching than our talents, education, ethnic or family background, monetary worth, or our physical attributes. I.e., here's an example, our looks, our net worth, education, or family background may open a door for us, but our character will will determine what happens once we pass through them. You guys know that that is true, don't you? Yeah. So this study is also about change. And I would say change for the glory of God. How God changed us and is committed to working in us until the day we depart to be with him or he comes to receive us unto himself. For the good work he began in us, he will be faithful. He's faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.